Hot Takes are Toast brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Check out the bold new lineup at Jerry Seiner Cadillac. It's definitely not your grandpa's Cadillac. All right, given that the Jazz lost to Dallas, how big of a game is it tonight against second place Phoenix? Two best records in the NBA. Rob says it's very big. They need to keep some distance between them and the two seat. Perhaps losing to Dallas will wake them up and they will play with a purpose. I thought they played with a purpose in Dallas. I thought they missed a lot of open shots. Uh, granted, it melted down late in the third quarter, but there was a long stretch there. I thought they did play with purpose, even though they were losing and right, missing well, a bunch of threes. Well, it doesn't matter now. That game's over. Uh, it's all about going to, the, to this game tonight. I think the important thing that they need to be aware of, and they probably are, is that Phoenix absolutely believes it's a big game. And with that in mind, you need to make sure that you have your energy and your focus and concentration and attention and all that stuff uh, as soon as you get up this morning because Phoenix is thinking this is a big, big deal and the town is excited for the Suns. Uh, you know, it, as far as a pro team, it originally was a Suns team, a Suns town, I mean, and uh, so people rally around them and they haven't been able to rally around them. It's like the youth basketball program. Yeah, youth basketball is a big deal to those who are interested, but they haven't given them much to be interested in for a good number of years. And once they do, the the youth fandom in the Huntsman Center again will be alive. There's no doubt in my mind. It's the same type of deal on a bigger scale at the pro level in Phoenix. Is that this is a Suns town originally? And then, you know, the Cardinals and NFL are a big deal, and really any pro team that wins is a big deal. If you win at a high high level that town becomes whatever team that is doing the winning. So you can say that. If the Diamondbacks rocked or the Coyotes in hockey, then there would be enough people that would be behind them for sure. Uh, so uh, that that always happens. But I think the passion for the Suns has been dormant for a number of years because the team has sucked. They've made so many horrible moves, the owner being cheap and all this stuff. Well, clearly they've gotten past that, So, at least for now anyway. And so the, the game and the town, the team, are going to be excited about this game. And I think the Jazz need to be aware of that because if they're not, it could sort of blitz them in the way that uh, Baylor blitzed Gonzaga uh, at that point. Now, this is a professional team, so getting down 10 before the first media timeout certainly is not in the end of the world uh, because that's nice. But in the, for one thing, the NBA game is eight minutes longer, so you've got a longer time to come back. But I just think they need to be aware of what the Suns are thinking and make sure that they match the energy. If you shoot the ball well, great. That's going to help a lot. But match the energy. Nate says it's not a big game. The Jazz will choke in the playoffs like usual anyway. Nate, that's just a big load of depressing news right there. Well, that's why it makes it even a bigger game then if they're going to choke in the playoffs. <laughs> At least have some regular season success. Yeah. For some horrible playoff disappointment. And, and also, too, you know, I think just psychologically, when you've held on to the number one seed as long as this team has had it, and then don't get it if that should be the case. I don't think that'll be the case. But if it should be the case, I think psychologically that would be a bad look because in order for you not to get it after you've held it this long, that means you're not playing well. And so if that's the case, you're going to go into the postseason not on any form of a run, which is not good. 
So I think that you want to have that number one seed at this point because of the fact that that would mean that you're not playing well. Because I don't think that the Suns can catch the Jazz unless the Jazz stumble. And, I mean, losing two or three games out of 22 left is not stumbling, right? So it's not like that they could uh, they could still play well and have the Suns overtake them. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Suns will have to play well, yes, but I also think for the Jazz to not get the number one seed, they would have to stumble. So you'd have to have those two things combined, the Jazz stumble and the Suns play really, really well. And obviously you don't want to be stumbling going into the postseason. And that makes this a big game because if you lose this game, you're only one game up in the loss column. And at that point, it's a race. And you do have one more game left with these guys down the road. Win this, push the lead back to three and a half games. It'd be back to three in the loss column. Tiebreaker would rest on that third meeting, uh, which is still, I think, about a month away. So that makes this a big game. Robert labels it the biggest of the season. Well, until the next one comes along, but I'd give you the biggest one to date. What's the biggest one so far? The Milwaukee game you were talking about yesterday because they were 4-4 four and four and it launched the 11-game win streak? In terms of a win, I think you can go down that road. They played yeah. the Clippers there Early. Uh, a yeah. few weeks back when they had the back-to-back thing and the Clippers got their guys back. Oh, and that was okay. Another th- yeah. and, that, and they lost that game. Yes, they did. But the point being, and they, they played well. It's not like they got run off the court or anything. The point there, I see some similarities. The Clippers... I think it was, was it like a Wednesday, Friday or whatever mm-hmm. it was? It was. And and so the Wednesday game, uh, at least one, if not both of the stars didn't play. And so it was sort of a built-in loss. Well, then you saw the second game when they got their guys back. The Clips were really amped for the game. And I think that the Jazz are going to face the same level of ampness, so to speak, from the Suns. We, we, we talked about this now for a few weeks the Jazz have a lot to prove in the postseason. Well, the Suns have even more because however many doubters there are for the Jazz in the postseason, I'd say double and triple that from the Suns' perspective. I mean, you're really looking at Chris Paul, who hasn't had a ton of playoff success, and then Booker, and then nobody else. It seems like whenever I see a discussion of the West – it always starts with the L.A. teams. <clears throat> then there's a mention of the Denver. And lately, early there wasn't, <clears throat> when they talk about the Jazz, it's, well, are the Jazz really a contender? And they never even ask the question about the Suns. The Suns just get ignored. And I've seen that over and over. How many halftime shows and how many games you watch when you watch on national TV. And so, to your point... The Jazz get questioned nationally, and it irritates Jazz fans, but the Suns, they're not even ending up in the discussion. I don't, I, don't, I don't see the TNT and ESPN crews sitting around like, well, can the Suns take down the Clippers in a second-round matchup? Nobody even talks about it. Off the radar. Yeah, i got to put Jay Crowder in there as far as a little bit uh, getting attention, maybe not nobody after uh, Paul and Booker. But I do think when the Suns are discussed, it's not really the Suns, it's Paul and Booker. Yeah. It's those two. Booker's a, and he's an elite-level scorer. This is the first time he's been in the league, what, four or five years now? And this is the first time he's played on a team that's won 35 games. That's brutal. <laughs> that yeah. is a brutal stat. 
No, but it goes back because... to the Suns has been nothing for Suns fans to rally around. And right. they had that one season, Jeff Hornacek was coaching, and they won the 48 or 49 games, whatever it was, you know, 40, high 40s, and didn't make the playoffs. And he wasn't there yet. And that's the only decent season they've had in the last 10. The other nine have just been a mess. Right. And I listened to uh, Phoenix Sports Radio to try to get a feel yesterday when I went to the gym to get a feel for tonight's game because the Suns weren't playing. And they were talking about it for sure. It was one of their lead. Well, they had just played the night before against Houston. So it was their lead, uh, the midday show. I got to the gym about 11 o'clock. And it was the midday show, which starts at 10, like ours does, uh, 10 to 2, same type of hours, uh, but the hour behind us there because they don't change the clock. So it was 10 o'clock, and that was their lead story coming in right off the bat. It was the Suns win the night before against Houston and then looking forward to the Jazz game. And they brought that up, that Booker has not played on a team that's won this many games because they've sucked. And Chris Paul is getting a ton of run. Uh, and he's late, late in the NBA life for sure. Uh, so he's getting a lot of credit as far. I think the team was more was more poised to be better this year, uh, even if they would have uh, kept Rubio. I think they were poised to be better. But uh, at Rubio, uh, Paul is better than Rubio. We all obviously understand that. So they would have been better no matter who they had because they're just get they're they're, they're maturing to an extent. Now they add Paul who, you know, he's going to go in the Hall of Fame. I think we all agree on that. And so he's helped them tremendously. There's no doubt about it. So Chris Paul is getting a lot of run. And there's nothing more that he would like to, uh, after he's been shuttled around from team to team here, uh, to, I don't want to say finish it on a right note, because I assume he's going to come back next year, but really draw out whatever this team has how good this Phoenix Suns team is. So far, they're pretty good. As far as postseason, I don't know. But whatever they have, he would like to draw that out of them. And he would leave a nice legacy in Phoenix, even though he'll just be there for a short time. So, yeah, I believe this is a big game. A lot of attention. And I think that the fact that it's on ESPN and all that stuff, it gives a little more extra juice. They have won. The Suns have won six in a row and nine out of ten. They, they had a slow start to their season, kind of what we were talking about before the Dallas game. The Suns were 8-8, eight and eight, and with you know Chris Paul being new and some young guys to bring along and blah, 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 but they figured it out, and now they go 27-6 and six over 33 games. That is some excellent basketball. You know, you're, playing, you're playing, winning over an 800 clip since uh, late January. You were playing some excellent basketball. Talk about the Jazz four and four start, but the Suns were eight and eight before they got it rolling. Mm-hmm. All right, we got more people weighing in here. Um, Kevin says it's big. They are all big. You buying that? Or they're not all big. Orlando wasn't big. They're not all big. There's some teams just playing well, out the string down the stretch. I think it would have been big if you lost. Uh, then it would have been big. It would have been a big loss because of the fact that you're playing some of these teams that aren't in a position to compete with you. Uh, so do what you need to do, and that's just run them out of the gym, and that's what they did. So it wasn't necessarily a big win, but it would have been a big loss because it would have been a completely and totally unexpected loss. You would have given away something that's supposed to be yours. Now, obviously, they didn't, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but these games now... 
uh, particularly when you go up against teams in the West, because the playoffs are in sight. And so it just uh, does it mean everything? No. Does it mean something? Yes. Does it mean something more than if you're playing Cleveland or Toronto or Charlotte or whomever from the East? I believe it does. Yes. Uh, I believe there's a little more heightened awareness into these games that you can draw something upon these games when you go up against teams from the West if you should play them in the postseason. And plus, you can also sort of like a conference schedule in football. You know, we beat you, you beat us, but we beat them, and you lost to them. You know, so maybe you can draw, just at least from a discussion, from a talk radio standpoint, I think so, uh, for now. And maybe it comes to pass, then we get to the postseason. Yeah, it does. Maybe it doesn't. But for now, it does. And I don't know that they're necessarily all big going forward because once you get down to the final two weeks, if spots are solidified in the playoffs, you see some teams rest guys. Obviously, we've seen that a number of times. We haven't seen it as much, but we're not there yet, so I don't know how it's going to be this year. So with that in mind, maybe they aren't. But that's not now. Today, Phoenix, big. It's huge. The Jazz need to keep the lead in the West. That's Brad's take. He wants them to be his, be the one seed. Uh, but Brian says from a statement standpoint, it's really big. But in the grand scheme of things, not that big. A month or so ago with the L.A. teams on our heels for second and third. But first place was huge then. Now we can slip to second and it might not hurt too much. Yeah, but I think that's just a bad look. Slip. With 22 games, do I want to slip? Especially because you've beaten a bunch of teams that either aren't playoff teams or just barely playoff teams and aren't going to go anywhere. And now you're playing three games in a row against teams that are in, have good records, have a chance to advance, and you lost to Dallas. If you lose this, you know, from the schedule standpoint, the hard game was the one tomorrow. Portland's going to be at home. They have a day off. You're on the second night of a back-to-back. You may really, you know, spend a lot of energy and leave it all out on the floor and all that stuff in Phoenix. So... These first two games, you're going in, similar schedule, day off before, good enough. So you're 0-2, and it's not that you can't win in Portland. Certainly Jerry Sloan would want no excuses and not want to hear about the back-to-back and all that stuff, but it seems like you got a built-in disadvantage there. Uh, yeah, for the short term, sure. Uh, that, uh, well, compared to tonight, so I buy that 100%. Compared to tonight... Uh, you do, but Portland in the standings, I don't yeah, really not, think Portland is a threat to you and what you're trying to achieve in the standings. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Portland catches uh, big time uh, fire and, and just jumps up. I don't, I don't see that. Yeah. But also, too, DJ, I think you have to acknowledge with the Nuggets winning, uh, the lead down in the Northwest Division is to six games. And you don't want it to drop to five and a half. There it is, the old Northwest Division. <laughs> I look at it every day, multiple times. The Western you're Conference wasting time leftovers. on Twitter. I'm looking at the Northwest Division standings. When they put those divisions together, you know, that geographically, hey, let's get the California teams together and we'll put Phoenix in there. And Southwest, we got the Texas teams. And New Orleans is right there. And... Then it, they got to the Northwest Division. It's just the leftovers from Portland to no, Utah not. to Minnesota to Oklahoma. Oklahoma's not in the Northwest, PK. 
I don't think fans Atlanta think Braves Utah's in the Northwest. The, yeah, I know. That the was Atlanta ridiculous. Atlanta Braves were in the NL West. Yeah, and the Atlanta Falcons. Dallas the Cowboys are still in the NFC East. That's just because And you're talking the, to me about that? They're throwing their weight around. They want all those New Yorkers in Texas to come out to their game. That's a big deal to them. And you don't think the Oklahomans want Utahns together? No, I really don't. Look at the rival we've we've built with Barry Trammell. (laughs) We have no rivalry with Barry Trammell. (laughs) Sure, we do. A rivalry with Barry Trammell. I gave him a ride in my car when last time they played each other in the playoffs. And the tension, we drove from the practice site over to the arena. The tension and just that two mile drive, oh. It was palatable. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Masters starts Thursday. we got to give away another golfer. Yak, who do you want to give away right now? As I grab my trusty sheet here, let's give away Matthew Fitzpatrick. All right, it's a you win a golf Masters giveaway. If you're calling 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE, you get Matthew Fitzpatrick. You get uh, you get him for this year's Master. If he wins, he'll receive the same brand of driver that he's got in his bag. Call in now at 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-9663. It's all brought to you by UNA Golf, serving Utah golfers since 1971.